The Koi Gig Pod has made a new signing. Your goalkeeping coach is your god. Emma Byrne is joining Kathleen and Karen this season. Keep up to date with all the WSL action every Tuesday and subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Now you're very welcome back. So we don't talk AFL all that often, but the Premiership Grand Final is on Saturday, half past five Irish time. If you're uh, feeling like getting up early, Melbourne Cricket Ground, it's Sydney Swans against Geelong Cats and there is plenty of Irish Interest, Mark O'Connor from Dingle and Zach Tui, of course, who's a mainstay in the AFL at this stage, are playing for Geelong Cats. Very happy to say Colin Begley uh, with us, uh, leash footballer, AFL career 06 to 09 with St Kilda and Brisbane Lions and uh, leash footballer on his return as well, announced his retirement uh, this year from Intercounty Football. Colin, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. So uh, just actually, I'm curious, uh, so we, we have a, a frame of reference for you. Your relationship with the AFL, have you continued to watch it, enjoy it, uh, keep tabs? Have you, did you fall in love with the sport? Yeah, I did actually. Well, when I left, probably the first time around, stayed in touch for a while watching it. It's probably got a little bit easier now with the coverage it gets as well the last few years. And there's an AFL app I have as well that I look at. So it's much easier now the last few years to keep in touch with it and I've kind of fallen in love with it a bit more as well over the last probably, two years again I'm um, watching it a bit more and obviously the fact that Zach and Mark have been going so well as well and, and Pierce as well Pierce Hanley obviously retired a few years ago but he was having a pretty strong career through Brisbane so it's kept me in touch in some sense but um, the, the the AFL final series this year has been one of the most exciting I've seen in a while so it's been I suppose two reasons to keep in touch with it one very exciting games but then Zach's been going so well as well so it's been really Fantastic to watch. Yeah, we had a text in actually before you joined us saying that the semi-final uh, between Hawthorne and Sydney was one of the, the great sporting spectacles you'll see all year. So uh, it does sound like the knockout stages have been uh, very good. Uh, the um, uh, kind of uh, the, the, the naysayers for the sport would talk about it being too stop-start. So uh, where is the sport in your opinion as a, as a spectacle and, and, and like what are the, the real attractions of it for you? Yeah, to be to be fair, if you do if you haven't had past experience of a game, or you have you only watch here and there, I can understand why people would see it maybe as a bit of a scrappy sport, or you know there there are games where it's very much contest heavy. Um, the skill may not look as as strong, and even the last number of years, probably the last two years, there's probably less um, accurate delivery and more so playing for territory. I think you'll find that in a lot of games to try and move the ball up into contested areas and put a lot of pressure on. Actually, Sydney and Collingwood are probably or sorry, Sydney and Geelong are renowned for being the two highest pressure teams I think in the comp this year as well so I can understand that but they've, they've changed the rules a small bit I think it was two years ago they had a very low scoring season um, and they've actually changed the man the mark rule which means the man the mark has to stop and stand which allows players to to roll on a bit more and, and move the game a bit faster I think even um, a lot of teams are trying to play that more erratic but more so kind of off the, off the cuff uh, exciting fast flowing games to catch teams out so Collingwood had went for 17th there last year to you know, obviously one kick away from being in the grand final and they were very much playing the fast game and Geelong even was after their non-success in the last grand final had to adapt their game and they've definitely changed to being a much more free-flowing team and, and trying to play on so if you follow the games I think this year would have been a really good year to follow it's been some good some good footy but I can understand people who haven't watched it that much probably not understanding the the goods of it and what, what, what it gives but I think the one thing about it is that even if it's not doesn't look pretty, it does bring up some very close contests and a lot of excitement. So that's one thing it has. I think that um can really show off to maybe fans if they're watching the game. It's very exciting in the last quarter if it's close. So 
um, yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's been mm. a really great year. You know? It's interesting to hear you talk about those tactical evolutions in the game, which are happening in all sports. GA and and yeah. you know Premier League has changed beyond all recognition over the last decade. So is the it's a very different sport to the one you would have played? It sounds like oh six to oh nine. I think it's definitely changed. I think. Um, that's like even Melbourne, who were last year's um, winners. I, I think they were caught out, probably trying to play the territory too much and launching the ball into contests when there was probably a few men spare. I remember playing with actually Nigel Lappin, who's a was an assistant coach for Geelong, and Simon Black and some of his greats in the middle of the field, and they probably looked for a lot more smaller passes into the forward line, uh, lowering the eyes a small bit. So the game has definitely changed, like all games, as you mentioned. Uh, like it's it's definitely adapting in some way, but from what I saw to now. It's evolving, but but it, it's 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 interesting enough. Teams have to evolve, and that's one thing I think Geelong were really good. Both teams actually, but Geelong especially, like they've figured out that they have to try and change their game because, as a professional inside, you look at the top teams. How can we break them down? How can we beat them? What are they doing good? So you can't just go out the same way next year and think it's going to work out. Mm. It just won't. Um, there's too much people putting too much time into focusing on how can we get better first of all. It's going to change. But then also, how can we break down these teams? So, Geelong and Sydney, you know, people will look after this grand final. Whoever wins, two very strong teams, they'll try and find weaknesses. And I think there probably are weaknesses they can find. But like you said, uh, Joe, it's, it's like ball sports, especially in the professional area, they evolve and they change, yeah. they adapt, whether it's good or bad. Um, it, it just goes through cycles, I think, a small bit. So, I know the AFL are trying to change it as well to make it more exciting. So, some of the rules they've done of definitely enhanced the game I think Right so this is Sydney against Geelong Geelong just outside Melbourne so I presume pretty yep. intense rivalry between the two uh, cities and all the ingredients for a grand final we should um, talk Zach Tui first of all then of Port Leash. he is just by uh, quirk of circumstance on Saturday in the grand final he's making his 250th AFL appearance uh, he was with Carlton till uh, 16 and now Geelong that puts him just 20 AFL appearances short of Jim Steins' record he's only the second Irishman to reach 200 AFL appearances he was uh, he's 32 years old now he was talking about how when he first was involved in Carlton that it was said to him for an Irish player coming over the way he had to the sport that to play 100 matches would be a great achievement and here he is making appearance number 250 and in the grand final so you, you'd be better placed than most to, to give us a sense of, of what Tui's achieved here. Yeah, well, even from the figures you said there, straight away, you can you can sense it's a great achievement. But I think, like, to really dive into it, what he's done, you know, and, and even though there's players over there before him, um, you know, it still wasn't easy to go over there and do what he does. And he went to Carlton first, and Carlton would have been probably a team that was struggling. So, like, even then, it wasn't the perfect environment for him to evolve and to, and to get better and play but he stuck with it he kept at it and obviously people saw a talent in him Geelong saw a talent in him and then when he went to Geelong they're a fantastic club they're, like, they, they, you can see from the years they've been at the top of their game for like top 8 finals for a number of years because they're very good at bringing players in and you know, molding them shaping them giving them the time developing them very well so when Zach went there he had a new lease of life and like I think, is he 20 games away? 14 or 20 games from Jim Steins. And Jim Steins, rightly so, goes down as an absolute legend of the game over there. Um, for he's done on the field and off the field. And Zach is very close to that. I think it's probably flown under the radar a small bit. He's a humble guy, you know. He's gone about his business there. But the one thing about him as well is like, his capability is to hold his body. And like, it's a very physical game. It's a very fast game. 
I think he had the second longest standing of, of consecutive games in a row as well. So um, what he's done and what he's achieved is amazing. It'll be his 250 game on the grand final. What a way for him to, to kind of get his 250 game if he won a grand final. It'd be amazing. But um, mm. credit to him. Credit to what he's done. Uh, and and also, to I know Mark O'Connor went over there has been very successful as well. So there's that there, you know, bringing the guys over. And I'm sure he put Mark under his wing a bit and... Now, having Zach there may not have been as easy for Mark to fit in, but um, he's done that also for more than just Mark, for a num- number of players have came over. I know he's been a fierce asset to have um, mm. and given advice and experience. So it's an unbelievable achievement and I really hope he can do it now on the on the, on the weekend. Yeah, it would be great. So he's been there a long time. 2011 to 16 was yeah. Carlton and then uh, in 17 moved to Geelong. So 120 appearances for Carlton, 129 for uh, Geelong. Yeah. As you said, like the durability is almost as impressive as anything and has Tui um, I, I read he's a defender slash wing so I don't have a profound understanding of, of what a wing does in um, AFL yeah, but is, is he a, is he a skill based player is he, is he someone who relies on his physicality how, how how does he compare to those in the league I think again his game would have evolved like he was he was a defender out and out and, and probably similar to Probably similar to Tyg in that he was somewhat of an attacking half back, but probably more so defensive than Tyg was. Tyg had a kind of position where he was very much used to bring the ball out of defence and probably wouldn't have been around as much of a key defender. Like we had forwards nearly marking him. Zach's quite physical and can mark a, a third tall if needs be or a bigger guy, but also can go onto the small. So he's quite adapted in that way. But over the last few years, he's, he's actually probably one of the best, he's probably the best kick in the Geelong team or one of the top three. He's renowned for that. Very right. accurate with his foot. Right. Very good skills. So I think the they recognise the capability of putting up in the wing and his ball used to being very clever. He's got a few goals last year as well and this year too. So like like anything, I think as I mentioned before, the game's evolved, but as a player you have to evolve too. And I think you recognise if he can be both a winger, um, which is basically, you know, if you imagine six forwards, six midfielders and six and six defenders, you know, the wingers just play along the borderline more so they get involved in the middle of the field, but they they're very much a kind of transition player bringing the ball from down the wing up into the forwards so um, he's he's really adapted I, I would love to have seen him in the middle of the field actually a bit more on ball you know under the Ruckman but Geelong have such a fantastic um, set of midfielders there already that very hard to get in there but uh, Mark O'Connor obviously has went in there last while too has played as a, a defensive midfielder um, yeah. which is great to see did a great job on Lockie Neal there during the season which wouldn't be an easy easy challenge but um, yeah so he's, he's adapted his game and he would be a very skillful player, aggressive too, to yes. be fair to him, to the capacity he needs to be. Um, not shy of, of giving it back if he gets it. So, um, But all these things add up. Like that's, that's why he's made it. You know, It's very hard for one thing to bring you through to such a long AFL career. Yeah. So you need to have a mixture of these things, uh, especially in a top team. You, know, you can probably get away with it in a lower lower side team if you're a good player, but to be a, you know, to be a regular on a top team who's been in the finals for a number of years. Yeah. You need to be a quality player in in a number of areas. Yeah, he's, he's, he's more than just a jobbing pro keeping his head above water. Yeah, well, he has to be. You know, he, he wouldn't have. You know, you'd be found out. And I mean, with respect, you know, you have to you have to add value to his team. Chris Scott is a probably one of the best, probably the best manager for the last eight years. Um, obviously, not winning as many grand finals as Richmond, but home and away season have won the most games. Um, so they're obviously a well-functioning team, and and Zach was a big cog in that a big cog so I know he's achieved pretty high in the best and fairest in a number of years and he was pretty close to an All-Australian there a few years ago too probably hard done by not to get it but I'm sure that's not the, the goal for him but um, yeah it, it, 
a lot of a lot of different assets and a lot of different roles you can play play on small play on tall or play on the wing and be a, be a runner but his use of the ball would be seen as elite mm. So 250 is a very good haul like I'm looking through the appearance record and, and a, a couple have managed to get past only a couple mind past 400 like anything 300 or above is very noteworthy so for him to be hitting 250 that's that's it, it's that, that's not just good for the lad from Ireland no that, that's that's a good that's a good a very good career like especially with injuries and stuff like that as well that can happen so like playing 250 uh, 250 games is a good haul for any any kind of you know mainstream top player in the AFL you get these 400 you get these 300s but they're they're, they're all time great as well and, and probably playing for a long time earlier in the career so they're aspirational ones to achieve, but you look at Ty Kennelly was one nine seven, had a brilliant career. Yeah. Um, Pierce Hanley was I think one hundred and seventy along the lines of that as well, a very good career. So Zach would be seeing, in my opinion, would be seen as a, a fantastic career and hugely involved in AFL for the last number of years. So should be very proud of it. Yeah, amazing. I, you're right. I think when you say it's passed under the radar, I think everybody's vaguely where he's out yeah. there and he's doing okay. But uh, maybe that landmark of 250 has uh, straightened us up a bit in our seats to realise. Well, I think I think hopefully it gets a bit of publicity. And obviously, it's great to be talking about tonight. But hopefully, I think people won't recognise until it happens. Maybe on the weekend, and and if he wins, all oh, this will come to probably to light as well. Like I guess Zach's not looking for for people to be talking or bouncing around the place about it. <laughs> right? You know, he's just going about his goal is to be a brilliant player and to and to win the grand final that's his goal so yeah. he wouldn't be looking for people to be giving him all the um so celebrations about it but that being said like get back i suppose that even happened it even happened tiger suppose as well you know tiger won the grand final and, and everything kind of came out and he came home won the ireland so so i'm hoping if zach wins the grand final he can come home and play for each maybe <laughs> win the grand, maybe even ireland as well that's the way it goes with mckenna yeah so. we'll get you out of retirement um, as well and, and reunite the dream team <laughs> if he comes back if he comes back i might just hop out yeah. of retirement that's if it takes me but um no it's it's, 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 yeah, it's gone on the radar like you it's know. leashes Mannion and mccaffrey yeah, um, <laughs> it's not that good <laughs> Uh, tell me this you said that uh, and I, I, I'm doing a disservice by the way to 25 year old Mark O'Connor who we should mention and, and yeah. we have touched on from uh, Dingle and he's playing in the midfield and he won two minor All-Ireland medals so we, we, we maybe don't know him as well by dint of the fact that he, he went over before his, his senior career where Kerry took off but just one last yeah. question on Zach Tui. you said he's amongst the best kickers on the team uh, yeah. again you could speak to this uh, does he kick like a Gaelic footballer? Has he transformed his kicking? Would it have been an advantage to him to have played Gaelic football with the round ball or a major disadvantage in any kind of way? Or Give us your read on his kicking style. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say it was either advantage or disadvantage. No, it's probably, I just think he's he's a skilled kicker, so he's quite a penetrating kick and he can... He can his decision-making on the ball would be quite fast, I would believe. So he can spot a, probably a, quite a narrow kicker, a short kicker, a leading kick quite quickly. Um, right. So he's just his strike is elite, and his confidence in his kick is quite elite as well. So you know you've got you've got certain users like in the, like in football and getting football. You have certain users who are seen as good passers of the ball. I think um, no one would disagree with me saying that when Zach's on the ball, his his use is usually quite efficient, and he has the capability to find quite a tight kick um, and an accurate kick when, right. when needed, especially in the contest. So he wouldn't kick around the corner, I presume, at this stage. No, well, he has the capability to do it. And a lot more AFL players are starting to do that as well, even especially for goals, you know, around the corner, over the mm. shoulder. So it's becoming a bit more of a skill that, that's practiced a bit more. Um, definitely the forwards are not as straight shooting as just like hitting a, a normal punt kick. Um, there's bananas, there's all these different kind of mm. things. And, but to be able to go around someone and probably not hit it on the straight and hit it across his body, 
probably was a skill that was very useful to him starting off. Yeah. He's adapted that to just to make it more efficient. Uh, one last uh, thought. I was just looking through the recent winners list out of interest. So Melbourne won it last year at the AFL. Uh, Richmond won in 19 and 20 and 17. I see uh, West Coast Eagles, Bulldogs won. Hawthorne did three in a row, 2013 to 15. Sydney, Geelong, Collingwood all winning as well. So that's eight different winners in 12 years. That's quite healthy. That's a, that's a you know, we kind of bemoan Dublin dominating too much here a little yeah. bit in the football. Uh, any particular reason as to why AFL's managed to do that? Um, well, they have the, the draft, which was the initial idea. That, so the concept was that the lowest, the lowest team or the, the, the last team would get the higher picks in the draft. So the better players coming through on development sites would be going to the lower teams and if your scouting was good enough and your drafting was good enough that within a maybe three five seven year cycle whatever it might be but usually five years they think that you'd have a good enough team to get up to the eight so it would it would come in waves that you know the lower teams wouldn't stay lower um now there has been new rules brought in about um players being let out for what's it called where you can actually go and look for trades, you know, to different teams, free agency. Free agencies now have been bought in the last number of years. So that allows maybe a team who thinks they're they're quite close to, to maybe getting a to getting to a grand final or winning it to maybe get a player traded for some picks and focus on a few years and bring in a defender or bring in a forward they feel they need. So um it's been going well in the last while and it's been working. You can see there's obviously a good enough spread of winners. Mm-hmm. The free agency is probably a concern now because you know, you get these Gold Coast maybe and um, and some of the, maybe North, some of the lower teams who are getting these draft picks for a number of years. And once they're there for a certain number of years, they can trade, get asked for a trade somewhere else. So the concern is that it could become you know, top teams getting the players back. Um, now, that's not an issue yet, but there is a concern about that. But for now, the draft system seems to be working out and it gives, I suppose, the fans a bit of a thing to, to drive by. But Melbourne, like Melbourne, for example... Hadn't won one for a long, long time. You know. um, until the drafting, last year. Yeah. yeah, until last year, and uh, the drafting sometimes can be done poorly, you know, and 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 they'll never make it or they'll go up and down. Carlton had the same issue for a long time as well. They right. they, they, they drafted some great players, but um, just didn't didn't work for them. Um, but it's a it's a it's a it's a good concept. Yes, it's a good um, structure, yeah. you know, because it gives everyone a chance to at least get up there at some stage. 